Stories on Media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. Now it's time to hear from JP. So I knew very early on that I was not like the other boys at school. There were boys in my apartment building that I was very affectionate with at a very at a very young age. And so I think I think actually looking back at it now, I was a lot more effeminate than I lit on. And so it was a lot more obvious to people. I grew up with my sisters, and so I've always been more comfortable around women. So I think that just led itself into that a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. I think I've always felt that I was that I was different, that I stood out. I don't know. I don't. At, at first, I thought it was because I was Latino, and everyone around me was was white or Filipino. It might be worth just saying where where it was that you grew up. Yeah, so I was um, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, just north of Los Angeles in the San Fernando Valley. Um, my mom's Colombian and my dad's Peruvian, so. Um, a very traditional Latino household. My dad was a construction worker. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. So from that respect, it was a very traditional, mainly Spanish-speaking, very religious too at ah. first. Yeah. So were you taken to church? Was that part of your upbringing? Yeah, so we, um, I was a, a private school from kindergarten to 12th grade. Yeah, Catholic private school. I think I came out to myself eventually in high school, but was going to wait until after I graduated. But the church definitely, uh, you know, organized religion definitely didn't help the case or didn't help the situation. What did it make you think about yourself? Oh, my God. It was, uh, I, would, I would pray every time I said a bad word. It was, it, it was tough because I think I put a big pressure on myself to behavior modify, to not be as, as queenie as I knew I was because all the boys made fun of me or... You know, and then once once you start really thinking about the gravity of what the sin is, quote unquote, mm. then you almost feel like like you're fucked, like you're going to hell, like there is no recourse for you because that's basically what the Bible says or what you know the Catholic religion believes that if you are gay and you're not in a heterosexual relationship, that you're going to hell. And to think that at a really young age is really devaluing. It's very it's quite destructive. Of course, how yeah, did it make yeah, you yeah. think about yourself? Uh, it made me, you know, it made me feel less than, and there was nothing that could, you know, no prayer, no confession, no nothing, because every time I'd go into confession, I'd be like, ooh, that priest is kind of hot, and I'm like, oh, fuck, that defeats the entire purpose of what we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, that's quite funny. So did it, uh, it obviously affected your mental state, did it affect your behaviour as well, did it stop you pursuing being actively gay? No, I just think if anything, it pushed me more in that direction, but I was very down, I was very much on the down low about it. So when I, you know, turned 14, 15, I remember we got our first computer and dial up internet. And I remember having to wait like, you know, eight minutes for this nude photo to download. And, you know, (laughs) I only lasted for the first three. So (laughs) uh, I had nobody to talk to. And so I took to the internet and, you know, met strangers online and put myself in kind of sketchy situations now in retrospect. Um, but that was the only way that I feel like I could learn. No one, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't talk to anybody about the situation. You needed to, you needed to get people who, who were like you, I think. So you didn't know anyone in your community in L.A. that was gay? Or yeah, lesbian? no, I had a cousin. I had a cousin who was gay who was just as queenie as I was. And I, like, you know, we purposely stayed away from each other because we knew that we drew attention to ourselves when we were together. <laughs> so you were quite, for want of a better word, you were quite camp. So what, what sort of things were the boys saying to you at school? Oh, everything. Like, you know, I mean, the amount of times that I've heard the word faggot, um, you know, just everything like Nelly, feminine, just they would copy my mannerisms and... Th- the way that they would do it 
it would make me hate them and then hate myself for not being, mm. for giving them ammunition to do that to me. You know, I was, uh, you know, thin and kind of small. And so, you know, there wasn't a, like, physical abuse, but it was a lot of emotional abuse. It was a mm -hmm. lot of shit to take. I, you know, remember being, not being able to do anything but cry. And that just only, you know, reinforces that sissy image. But um, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't really have, I couldn't really vocalize. I couldn't go home and tell my mom that they're making fun of me for being gay because then that's me admitting that I'm gay. So, yeah, it just, it was, a, it was kind of tough at school in the beginning. So what was the point where you thought, I've got to confront this and deal with it and, and come out to somebody? I think, I think when, so I mentioned like 14, 15, we got our first computer and then um, I got my driver's license when I was 16. And I think that changed a lot because that gave me a lot of freedom. Mm. And then that's when I started going online, lying about my age, meeting guys. And, um, and then also I started forming a really strong social group with girls. Um, I think obviously they all knew but we were, you know, of an age where their parents could know that I was gay, but because we were 16, they understood that I hadn't come out to myself. And so they let me sleep over at my friends' houses. Mm. And, you know, I ended up becoming best friends with, with all girls. Um, and that's when I started thinking that I, you know, first I have to come out to myself, which I said I need to wait until high school because high school is bullshit. Uh, and then uh, I first came out to myself and then to my two best friends and then my sisters. And then after that, I just started to kind of just started kind of started happening can you remember what that first time was like the conversation how did it go who was the, who was the, who was the recipient oh okay so it was my best friend zara she and i went to my first gay club together and i think the way i tried to like tease it out the first time was i we were talking about what careers we wanted to do because americans are very career driven and i said oh like what would you say if i was you know what would you say if I went to become an astronaut or something? I forgot what it was. And I was like, what would you say if I was gay? And she'd be like, I didn't say anything, da-da-da. And so, of course, I didn't confess right then and there. You know, the first few times, it was really emotional. The first few times, you know, to say it out loud to yourself in the mirror is one thing. To say it out loud. Oh, did loud, you actually do that? Mm, okay. Yeah, I had to. I had to. I think in order for me, yeah, in, in order for me to be able to practice and say it out loud and, and really own it, I think there were a few times where I was like, you know, to the point where I like fucking screamed it from the rooftops because there's, <laughs> you just need that release. You yeah. need it to, for it to be okay and for the world to know and, and to accept it, so. Good. I've never heard of anyone doing it in front of a mirror, but I'm guessing a few people do. That's not a bad suggestion, Yeah, actually. well, I mean, you know, I, in my work, you know, because I have to communicate so often, I think it's not something vain where I'm like, you know, America's Next Top Model practicing my poses or my angles. <laughs> but if you have, you know, if you're going to be on TV or you're going to be interviewed, you need to l know how to be presentable. And so... I think that, uh, yeah, I just, I, I repeated it to, for it to be okay, for it to, you know, because you can, you, can, you can be stuck in your head for as long as you want, and I think my main thing was, yes, I want to come out to people, but to be okay with myself, like, it, this, I, this was me reclaiming myself and not letting any of the bad names or rejections or anything affect how I would move forward as my true as my true self and sometimes people that's that process can take years and years can't that, it? you know that process can take years that process might never come mm. you know there's I know or hear have read so many stories of you know people who don't come out until very late in their in their mm. lives if at all you know for a number of different reasons you know cultural family they're not able to get to their place you know for themselves mm. 
So, you mentioned the word family there. Yeah. Did you ever pluck up the courage to tell your parents? Yeah, of course. So, um, so I came out to my sisters first. Uh, there were three years, three and six years apart. In a way, they always knew as well because I would tell them how to dress up their Barbie dolls, and I would, <laughs> you know, I would organize their, you know, just everything. It was like really everybody fucking knew. You, everybody knew. Were you the only boy? <laughs> yes, yeah. So I'm the first boy because I was the first boy, and in the Latin family. You know, there was a lot of expectation placed on me. My parents were immigrants, so education was really massive. Um, and there was a lot of pressure on me for, for me to set an example to my sisters about, you know, be the strong man, leader of the family, carry the name, blah, blah, blah. And I always thought, like, fuck, I'm going to fail at that because I'm gay. Like, my, you know, my parents will never accept me or my sisters would never accept me. That was uh, mm. just thinking about that was, is quite scary because you think... These are your, your life. These are your people, your blood that could easily, easily say no and reject you. So I came out to my sisters and it was amazing. You know, they thankfully um, were really, really great and we're the best of friends now. And then um, next was my mom. So I went to go visit her mom, my grandma, just because I was actually going to go on a date and see a guy at a cinema, but he lived close to where my grandmother was living. So I went and stopped by and said hi. And I was like, I had my license and I had, was coming out and meeting people. So I think I had like waxed my eyebrows really well that time. <laughs> and um, I remember a family member just straight up asking me if I was gay. And I panicked and I ran away and went to my date. And then I thought, shit, if they know, they're going to tell my mom. And so then I thought, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather be the one to do it, if anything. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I just sat her down and I told her that I want you know, I want her to be in my life. I want her, I want to be honest with her, but um, I hadn't been honest with her basically. And that's not what I want to. How old were you at this stage? I was just about to, I was 17 uh, uh -huh. or just about, yeah, just about to turn 18, I think. Uh -huh. I think in my mind I had waited, like, just wait until you're 18. If you can hold it out, you'll be in college. You'll be an adult. You can get the fuck out if things go bad. Uh -huh. um, so I think that's, that's kind of what I was waiting for. But um. Yeah, so I told her that I wanted to be really honest with her because I wanted us to have a great relationship. We didn't have that good of a relationship growing up. And, um, yeah, I told her that I was gay, and, you know, she started crying and cried hysterically for 45 minutes. I almost thought I was going to give her a heart attack. But um, she's just super emotional and dramatic, typical cancer. Uh, and, uh, but, yeah, she, you know, she stopped, and she was like, so what are you like? And I thought, okay, interesting question because um, my mom's from Colombia, um, she's been in the new, she had been in the United States for about 20 years, and I thought, interesting question. And I said, and I told her, I was like, Mom, I'm no different than what you see now. It's not like, you know, I take your heels out on Tuesday nights and you know gallop, go gallivanting about the town. I do that now that I'm in my 30s. Um, <laughs> um, it was just kind of normalizing things for her. I think a lot of people at that time what was that, maybe like 15, 20, you know, 15, 20 years ago. At the time, you have to consider there weren't that many LGBT references in mainstream media. There was like Will and Grace, or in Latin America, you know, gays were really effeminate. There was this guy on TV who was like a fortune teller, and everybody knew he was like the gayest thing since Christmas. And so I think her idea was that, you know, that I would be a drag queen or a transsexual, because she doesn't understand, she didn't understand it. She didn't mm. understand what any of that meant, so... It was a lot about educating her, but um, yeah, she you know really quickly saw that nothing was different, and I tried to get her to and I tried to introduce her to gay friends as well, mm. not, not necessarily guys that I was seeing, but just friends, and then also you know seeing seeing that my best friends that I grew up with interacted with my gay friends on a normal level. Like when my mom saw that at a birthday party, I had gay friends, straight friends, da da da. da. She was, I think, 
she was like, okay, every, like everything's okay. I'm well taken care of. I'm not running around. I don't know. You know, I think parents. She, she have, got yeah. it in the end. Mm, yeah, she got it in the end. And um, yeah, I also came out to my dad. But um, with my dad, I had an even tougher relationship growing up. Um, he cheated on my mom, and that led to a lot of problems um, growing up. And so I didn't have a great relationship with him. Uh, and I, I, came out, I came out to him in a fight. I was about to graduate college, and he had come over to my flat for something. I think I was probably asking for money. And I was so angry at him, and I just said, you know, I want to talk to you about my life. I want to get relationship advice from you, which sounds super fucked because of who it's coming from. But that's what I said. I said, you're my father. I want to have this relationship with you. And, you know, and I can't talk to you about things. And, you know, I want to talk to you about who I'm dating, and I can't. And I'm looking at him, and he looks at me, and he's like, so... So talk to me, who are you dating? And I was like, his name's Ron. And he didn't even bat an eye. And we just, and, you know, I, I threw it out at him thinking that he would react. And when he didn't react, I was like, oh, that's it? <laughs> okay, so we can actually have a conversation. And we actually had a conversation about the guy that I was dating at the time. And yeah, I mean, since then, it's, it's, it's not something where we're super actively discussed. But it's also something I know that I have zero fears about discussing with him like when when prop 8 passed in california marriage equality like mm-hmm. it was discussions that we were having so yeah so i think i'm very fortunate in that both my parents are, are quite supportive they've come to gay bars for my birthdays wow. um i'm trying to get my mom to come out for pride um to walk with the um like p flag like members and families of, of gay people both my parents have met my ex-husband um yeah, so I think I think uh, it, uh, this is a situation where I was more scared that it would go bad, and it's been really great. Do you think it may be harder for people who are LGBT in the Latino community than, than in the white community? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I think in the minority, you know, uh, black communities, Latino communities, you know, Middle Eastern communities as well, I think religion plays a big factor into it. I think there's the the macho element mm. that, that, you know, needs to be upheld. It's what we're, you know, it's what we're raised with. So, um, yeah, and I think it's it, there's just a lot of different expectations, you know, income level, um, exposure to education and different types of culture. For Latinos and black guys, it's it's quite tough. And then also, you know, for Middle Eastern guys, I know, you know, like Arab guys who are super gay but won't come out because mm-hmm. they don't want to accept it to themselves or to their family or they say it would break their family's heart. And it's quite a heartbreaking situation in and of itself. That, Difficult, that, isn't it? Yeah. So if you had any advice to anyone that hadn't gone through that process yet, what, whatever background they're from, what would, what would you say? What advice would I give to someone who's considering coming out? Um, I think I would tell these people to, as much as they can, follow their heart and trust, trust their guts, trust their gut instinct, because I think that's going to help you gauge how you approach your family, how you approach your friends, you know, be realistic, hope, hope for the best, but at the same time, you know, understand that not everyone might be okay with you in the beginning or further down, but stick to your gut and, and be true to yourself because that is what is going to get you through the good times and the bad, and that is what's going to help you stay true to your direction regardless of who you have in your circle. Just make sure that you have yourself in your circle first. And talk to the mirror as well. <laughs> talk to the, talk to the man in the mirror, or the woman, or the woman in the mirror, or the whoever the fuck you want to be an R in the mirror. Great to hear from JP and to hear his story about coming out in Los Angeles. Please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter. You can find us there at Come Out Stories. I'm 
Emma Goswell. And Coming Out Stories is a What Goes On media production. Next time around, we're going the other side of the pond and you're going to hear from Angela. She has got the most unbelievable excuse when her mother caught her in bed with another woman. My mother caught me once and I thought, oh my God, very young age, what do you say? I had a cat. I'm looking for the cat. That was the only thing that came into my head. So they did actually She caught know. you in bed with a woman? Yeah. And I said, and I was looking s- for the cat. I could have said something worse, <laughs> there's, I guess. There's a pun to that, but we won't <laughs> use it.